Victory Club memberships presented by Lexus are available now for the 2022-23 Dallas Stars season. Beyond season tickets, Victory Club honors the most devoted and loyal Stars fans with members-only experiences, unbeatable flexibility, and personalized customer service. Members also receive unique benefits, such as discounts on Stars merchandise and general concessions, plus an exclusive member gift selection and more. Learn how you can become a member today at DallasStars.com slash Victory Club. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Well, how about this? Like Adele, I believe this is Podman 24. Podman Rush 24. I should put out an album. Although they don't put out albums anymore, do they? I think you just you drop a collection. Is that what they do? It sounds like something that you should have a baggie on the sidewalk if you're going to drop a little collection, but that's a different you, thing. Yes, you Mike. Don't look, you don't look like you're 24. Isn't that the, no. whole bit, the whole bit that she does? Is that the age she is when she drops the album? Is that what that means? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I thought it was like a, the- U- I thought it was like a UFC thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll drop razor 25. There you go. Hey, I think it's more like a 75. No, 25 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Come on, Mike. It'll be your remedy. It'll be your, your sweetest devotion. Anyway, welcome one, welcome all to another week of uh, Hui from Heike and myself. Uh, Where do you want to start this week? Well, first off, I want to state this. Uh, They, because this is how I felt flying back from Chicago last night, and I have the easiest thing going on. They, they're tired. They have to be tired. They, They have to be mentally a little bit whipped. And I think what's throwing them forward is the fact that they're running out of games and they're in the heat of a playoff race. But what? They just finished 6-9 and nine and 13-22. and 22. That's how you get bagged, man. That's how you get physically and mentally exhausted. And I give them all the credit in the world for, for plowing through this and, and manufacturing points. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's great. Uh, just... Just get her done. So then my question is, how do they take this to the finish line with energy? Well, they've already done that over the last little while, like I just stated. They did a wonderful job. But again, does that, is it even harder now? Oh, my God, yes. Have you ever gone on a, a trail pony ride in your life, Mike? No. Okay, well, when you go to one of these things and they have all the they're, – they're, God bless them, but they're trail ponies, right? They're trail horses. They get ridden by every clown on planet Earth, and it's every now and then somebody knows what they're doing on the back of them, but most of the time they don't. They're just, woo, look at me, I'm on a horsey. And you'll go, they'll go out, and they're out, and they have no energy, and they're just plodding along, and it's, oh, my God, here's Martha from uh, Kansas City on my back here, and she keeps kicking me, whatever. And along they go. And then when they turn back for the barn... And, and the barn's in sight, and they can see the stables. All of a sudden, they all have energy, and there's a little pep in their step because they know they're going home. They're getting rid of this junk that they have in the saddle on them. And uh, that's, I think, where you're at with with our stars. That it's they, a great analogy. And plus, they're they, coming home, too, so that's, that's a big well, help. Boom! They can see the barn. Yes, the barn's right there. Yeah, we've arrived at 10 to go. Ten to go. The most regular season games they've played in three years. So they need what? 11, 12 points? Get them to 97 or 98? Is that about yeah. right? It's interesting just because I think other teams have kind of come into the mix now with their schedule, L.A. or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think if they do that, then they will, they will finish ahead of Vegas or Nashville or L.A. or whoever. Yeah, the games played are almost dead even now. Nashville, Dallas are even. I believe they have a game in hand on Vegas. Uh, And you mentioned L.A., which we forget about. So focused on the other ones that have been in this this little uh, 
uh, stakes race. But you have, uh, what, 87 points, 86 points, 84 points with Nashville, Dallas, and Vegas, and then L.A. at 86. And that is third in the Pacific, top three in the divisions are in automatically. So, and I'm sure that's what Vegas has on their mind. It'd be difficult for the Stars to finish top three in the Pacific. Although I wouldn't put it past them because <laughs> they have been there before. Yes, they have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I see it as, again, we've talked about this for months. Like, it is so doable. It, I, I, have them, I have them penciled, and I've, I have uh, the, the D-A-L-L-A-S-S in pen i'm leaving i'm leaving the tars for the next couple of weeks probably post western canadian road trip uh and and with that i i look <laughs> look after the gutting you know skate toe to the berries loss against those devils on saturday i i got really thinking about this and you know, and then they go and take care of business in Chicago the next day. Do you realize too, uh, Mike, that uh, de- the devil's boots don't creak? That's a saying. Wow. Yeah, the devil's boots don't creak. Hmm. He's pretty sneaky. Yeah, those little Beelzebobs came in and nefariously took two points, or at least one, away from our stars. Uh, look, with seventy-two games played. I'll, I'll ask you first because I have my mind made up. How would you describe the 2021-22 Dallas Stars? Even if you put it out there, how would people describe this calendar year plus last year, a portion of it, edition of the Dallas Stars, 72 games played? It's funny because the... I was on the Devils radio first period. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. We're thrilled for you and them. And they asked, they go, what are you guys? (laughs) Like, they literally... Like an honest question. Yeah, like, who who are you? What are you guys? And I'm like, you know, if they're up by two, they'll find a way to lose those goals. If they're down by two, they'll find a way to gain those goals. And it's just, they're consistently inconsistent We've said that too much. We need yeah, new, we have. We need new material. We need new new material. Um, you know what? They they're actually very predictable. The top line <laughs> will carry them. The goalie will be good, not great, but I mean, really good. It's funny. I, I hate to criticize him. I feel like I'm criticizing him too much these days because he is just 23. Um, but he, I mean, he's a good goalie. He really is. But he, he'll give up a an odd bad goal and that'll affect the team and you know but that's who they are they they're a they're a good team uh who wins close games and is really good in overtime how about that they they are the best overtime team in the NHL Daryl that's it that's who they are wow haven't heard that before you must have really crunched <laughs> the numbers to come up with that mike i just <laughs> read your i just I'm, read your twitter <laughs> i, I I, and look, I am not. I'm trying so hard not to be really uh, jokey and facetious about this stuff, uh, but but we are in the business of of making it somewhat interesting, I guess. You know, and little little pop thoughts. But they they are quote unquote ultra average. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like they're not average. You can't say they're average, but you can say they're ultra average. And you can also say that they're mostly mediocre, but painstakingly persistent. <laughs> like that. If somebody came up to me and said, okay, in, in a few words, or uh, just a, a, what, would your, what would be on the marquee of, of this team right now, 72 games in, it would be those two things. Yeah. I think ultra but- average is my, is my utmost favorite. They've won 60% of their games, quote unquote, or gained 60% of their points and are minus in goal differential. Yeah, but they improved. They're, how do you they're do only that? minus three now. I know, but like you're like, and yeah. they're up whatever, 12 on yes. the win column yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I, Here, I, I didn't update the numbers because I'm too lazy today, but the, the, I had these the other day. 
They they were heading into the game in Chicago yesterday. They were 16th overall in a league of 32 teams. Pretty hard to not be right dead in the middle <laughs> if you're if you're uh, 16th overall in a league of 32. That that's pretty much the definition of it, is it not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now it look it it fluctuates and sways a little bit, but underneath that, and I'll run through these quick because people are leaving the podcast already. I know. Uh, they were 19th in goals for, 16th in goals against. They ranked 14th in power play, which had really fallen. A good day yesterday. That helps. They were 18th on the PK, penalty killing. 20th in shots for. Here's another area where uh, they probably don't get uh, enough attention uh, positively. Top 10 in shots allowed. They were 9th. Then they were unfortunately 29th in five-on-five goals uh, scored and 13th in five-on-five goals against. And then I get to that category that you were just speaking of, Michael. First in wins in overtime and shootouts, 14-4. and That is the thing that they have been truly great at. None greater than that category. Everywhere else you go and look... Uh, for the most part, they're, they're right there in in the middle. And, and I guess it's pretty obvious. That's why they are in the spot they're in here with 10 games to go where they look like they're it's, it's right in front of them. The, it's up to them, but very doable and a playoff team. Not everybody can win the President's Trophy. There. How about that? <laughs> there you, go. you summed it up the whole and season. Also, and also, uh, and my, my third for the – stars in our blanket statement of them a great big ball of contradiction and confusion at times right at times yeah i mean they really are and i mean they're very simple and very easy to explain at times and then very confusing and complicated at times and yeah just just when you think all right then no not quite yet and then just when you think well there's that. Then all of a sudden, oh, there they go. Yeah. And and that's why when you look and and you see who they've beaten and who they've lost to, it's the same stuff with that too. Yep. Like they've they they have proven that they can win against the best teams in the league. They they've proven that. They have wins against the top four or five teams overall in the NHL. Yeah, some on the road against teams that have lost what four, five, six games at home. Yeah, yeah. Carolina, now, I, look, one Colorado. position, yeah. one position has changed some of that narrative. But yes, uh, you know that's part of the game. Your goalie wins games for you. The goalie loses games for you sometimes. Uh, but they've they've also they've also lost games to teams that are just dreadful this year, like the bottom feeder. They've lost to the the top four teams. Our, our bottom four teams in in uh, record in the NHL. Yes. Yeah, two in the last week. Which just, again, just adds one more layer to what we were speaking of. And, yeah, and uh, ju- just when you think they're going to open up a little bit of cushion or whatever. Yeah. And yes. They, they're like, no, no, yes. no, we don't, we don't want that. We want oh. excitement. Oh. <laughs> uh, and it, you know, really, it, it, they haven't b- gone in a, a big long bad since early in the season, right? No. Like they what did they lose that though they lost five in a row. We remember that one. But there there was another one prior to that where they lost or they only won once in like a six or seven game span. But those came in I swear to they came in the first twenty five games of the year. Well just look at the record and a lot of it is the overtime and everything else, but they're I mean, they're like 650, 700 over the last, you know, 30 games. Well, yeah, I mean, since then, since that that early stuff and and rockiness on the road and maybe some of it can certainly be attributed to the fact that they they had 11 goaltenders and trying to figure out what was going on there. And then they had they or they didn't have uh, Jason Robertson, who was injured coming out of camp. Like there, there were 
there were some circumstances that were going on a little bit, and some new guys. They were they were trying to get uh, into the fold uh, properly, but they've only had two uh, three game losing streaks since then. Yeah. So you know you you they've never given us a stretch where it's like no nah, they just don't have it. They've always shown us that they have it. Yeah. You you but always just, believe they could win. Yes. Against anybody. But you Correct. also think to yourself, you know, they could very easily lose this too. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is living on the absolute razor's edge, is what that whoa, is. Whoa, razor's edge. Uh, whoa, huh? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh you know who's had a good a real good run of it here? Uh lately, certainly, uh, as he does it seems like season after season, if that season goes into April, uh, is is Jamie Ben, the captain, who yes. uh, once again has and it's not just the points, it's just the overall everything that that Jamie can can bring to it. And I sent you a note earlier today because I was mulling this over on the flight back last night as we bounced around the skies between the Windy City in Dallas, Texas, uh, about Jamie. Because he has, he moved ahead of Zubov on the all-time assist list, and he scored a power play goal to get him started in the right direction in, in Chicago, and they really needed it. Um, and he, he's moved up some lists. You know, kind of quietly just put together a quality, important season for this team. And we don't see any of the stuff that, uh, he does behind the scenes. Bones uh, talks about it from time to time. Um, you know, and it, his interviews are awful. They always have been. They always will be. <laughs> I blame He's, myself. He just does not want to talk to anybody about uh, anything, really, with a microphone yeah. involved, which I get the biggest kick out of. Um, but when you think of him now, what? We're talking 14 years in and just about a decade as the captain. This goes almost hand in hand with what we just talked about where Devils, let's say Devils Radio, Mike, okay. came up to you and asked you, what, what, is, what is Jamie Ben? Your answer to that would be what? I think in the last two and a half years, I think the bubble was a big part of it. Uh, we've learned just how important he is to the team. Uh, the snowstorm. Oh, he's the captain, Mike. Well, yes. Not just, not just the captain. Cause, and I, I'm not bemoaning, you know, Darian or anybody else uh, because they had really good leadership around them. He's been the captain in a team that's been in transition for 10 years. Uh, so whatever help he's gotten in leadership has changed, seemingly. Um, and then you, you look at the bubble. And you look at what Totes' video was. And I really do believe his attitude went a long way in dragging them through that mess. And, you know, you, you just saw with Jamie, hey, we plan on being here. We're going we're gonna to take advantage of this. And then you saw just how hurt he was, you know, after they lose in game six. Then you go to Snowmageddon and his teammates or the tornadoes. And he's the first one. Like, I don't even think he calls people. I think he just shows up, you know, on, on their doorstep and goes, what do you need? You know, here's my car. Who's at here's the my... door, honey? I think it's Jamie Ben. <laughs> it's Jamie Ben. How, how did he know we needed help? Um, and then yesterday was a weird day. It really was. I mean, that was a horrible loss. And I don't know how they get out of something like that. I don't know the particulars. I mean, and it is hard to talk to Jamie about well, it. Well, you get to play the Chicago Blackhawks the next day. Well, that helps. That but, helps, Mike. But at the that same helps. point in time, somebody's got to talk and calm and make sure that, that they don't have two losses in a row because that really would have been a huge problem uh, to lose those two and come back home and play Tampa and Minnesota. Um, so whatever happened, I don't yeah, know if but that's no true. No, in this team, they would have lost those two and then smoked yeah, and then both, then both those teams coming in. That's, again. Seven, seven to one over two. Dallas Stars 2022. That's right. <laughs> but if you. Give like, Ronta think, with the hat trick yeah. against the Lightning. <laughs> uh, but you, I agree. And you make good points about uh, how. I never thought about that part of it, too, that. He has been the guy that has had the C on his chest and has been here through 
really a sea of change uh, in his tenure. And that that can't be easy year in, year out, and criticisms and good teams that underperform and, and you know, mediocre teams that maybe over-deliver and all kinds of things. Like, yeah. But when you when when you look at him now, like he's always been known as a power forward, right? Like in one of the game's best, certainly in his in his absolute heyday, he was arguably the best left winger in the NHL. And is he a is he a goal scorer? Is he a setup guy? Is he a power guy? Is what do you think of when you think of Jamie? I think he has to do a little bit of everything. I think he has to, he's a spackle guy. He has to fill in the cracks. Like that goal that he scored, they needed that. And the way he scored it was how Jamie Benn scores goals. He goes to the front of the net, he mucks it up. And then the, the assist on the Sagan goal, that Sagan goal ended up being huge in the third period. And, and you know, you know, Jamie described it. He goes, you know, we, we just did hockey things. Why, we went, uh, yeah, keep going. I was just going to say, you know, they went in, they did simple things. I think we overcomplicate things sometimes. Uh, I think Jamie tries to just say, look, we're going to play this shift for this shift, and and then, you know, we'll do the best we can and, and hope for the best. And uh, a lot of times for him it works out. Um, you know, sometimes his numbers go down, uh, and we've seen that. Um, but – for whatever reason, like you said, April, whatever, I think he's also been really good at home this year. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he'll do in this important stretch of seven home games. Um, if, you know, if he can jack up the numbers a little bit more and, and, and help this team at least get themselves a tiny bit of a cushion, you know, heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Again, you are, are spot on with the, cause he, he maybe is the perfect guy to be the captain and, and the leader of this team, especially because he can be a contradiction. Yes. You know, like you mentioned that he, that's the way he scores goals, but he also scores beautiful goals in overtime. Yeah. You know, like, but he's, he can score the ugly greasy one in regulation because he is a big dude and, and isn't afraid to get into it. I, I love what I, I, I've asked him a couple of times what he says to goaltenders because he just loiters there for a yeah. while and it looks like he's having a conversation with their goalie. And he says, no, no, I'm just talking. You know, he doesn't go too deep into it and that. He's, he's, not, he's not trying to intimidate them. He's not – it's none of that. He's just kind of hanging out. I'm going to be here. I'll let you know. I'm not going to be going away. And I think that's probably the greatest attribute that he has. It, you're going to take your lumps. He's going to have hips surgically repaired. He's this, that. Man, I'm not going away. We'll just keep plowing forward. And yeah, I'll be here. It doesn't work for a while. And yeah, and I play on the wing and I get stuck and I'm not skating. And then I play center. I mean, think of how good he's been on face-offs and how important that's been. The versatility at this point in his career to be able to play center, play wing. Uh, and... You know, again, sneaky, sneaky offense. If you look over the last 21 games, he's almost leading the team in, in points. Yeah. I bet you people don't realize that as much no. as they they probably should. Uh, and and he, I wished he still scored a lot of goals the way he did with that just sinister snapshot. Like, Remember how when good he, he was shorthanded? Oh, my God. Like he, oh, Yes. He, like you forget he was just like one of the most dangerous penalty killers because he would poke the puck off and off he would go. And like either he'd score, I think we were looking it up. He had four or five shorties on uh, one, one or two seasons in a row. And then he probably had another 10 where, you know, he got stopped uh, because he was just such a fa fantastic skilled player who, you know, who knew how to get to the net. I remember with the Olympics 2014, that sounds right. When uh, he wasn't killing penalties, and then all of a sudden he was killing penalties. Mm -hmm. And it was like, huh. And it was pretty obvious that somebody got in Lindy's ear from probably from the Olympic uh, family, and we're like, hey, 
we're thinking about maybe using Jamie Benn in a role where he would kill penalties for Canada. Then you could maybe trot him out there for a little dress rehearsal. <laughs> and then he was he was so good at it. Uh, and your best penalty killers a lot of times are guys that understand what the power play individuals want to do. And then when he would uh, puck jack guys and get a hold of it, he could do something with it shorthanded. But in around that same time, he he came close to leading the league in power play goals too. I think he had 17 yeah. one year. So yeah, I mean, just a little bit of of everything, and he, and he can be such a uh, bright setup man. Like he's he's never going to go down as as being anything of uh, of that variety over over the scoring. He's probably just balance, right? Just yeah, just that's a, what I think he is. Just a whole he he is. He's you know those Leatherman tool tool little things where you they're like a transformer you can get anything you want you can pick your teeth you can uh, screw and uh screw in you can hammer and nail you can cut something off whatever you need it's all in that little thing that you can hold in your hand and that's i wonder what the i wonder what the swiss would say about that that he well they would have better timing with it but they'd be softer too if it was a swiss army knife <laughs> I like the leather the man. Leather man. <laughs> it's more leather man, is it not? Huh? Yes, it is. I yes, just, he's a so leather funny. man tool. You're describing a Swiss Army knife. No, and I'm, I'm not. I'm describing a leather man tool. <laughs> I challenge you, Mike Heike, to go and juxtapose a leather man tool with a Swiss Army knife and see which one comes out. I Because it'll be the, the North American leather man. That's what the, it'll be. The leather man has Smoke like el- those. Alcorns on it or eating like mountaineers that. over in Switzerland. <laughs> Pacifist. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of, of trying to label individuals or, or multiple individuals, uh, the Hints line had another glorious day yesterday, as they have done for a couple of years here now. Uh, the name for the line is kind of tricky, though. Hey, it's coming up with a a true, they deserve it. I but, agree, but man, I don't, I don't know what you try stuff, force stuff. Nothing seems to have really uh, stuck that well. So I they'll think just Owen's pushing the Avenger line, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's we can push on. that off a cliff too. <laughs> uh, but in the pantheon of lines that the stars have had in Star's lore. Uh, they've they've had some good ones. Yes, there. It's not like this is some new thing, or it's just exclusive to Hans Pavelski and Robertson and Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. And those are the only lines that have smoked the opposition and and led this team to about forty or fifty percent of the goals they score in a season. Uh, do you which line is there a line from the past that sticks out in your mind? I mean, the obvious one is is Hall, Madano, and and Lettinen. But to me, the one in this tiny window that might have been the best line in the league at the time was uh, Richards with uh, James Neal and Louis Erickson. Yeah. I mean, they like they were scoring wise, maybe the top line in the league at the time. Yeah, I I wrote them down. That was when Louis Louis had learned to stay in front of the icing line because that's where the goals get scored. He loved to swing in behind there. James Neal was an absolute beast with that great shot of his. I always and called him the re- the real deal. He was the real deal. <laughs> he was James Neal. He, he loved that, too. That. I think he called Yeah, he did. I think he third-personed himself a lot. Hey, it's the real deal here. What? Okay. Louis still cracking. They're all still... Well, Richards is done, but uh, the other two are still... Still trying to make it happen. Yeah. It's the end for all of them, though. Uh, but, man, when they were young friskies playing with uh, Richards when he was in uh, or near his prime, yeah, they were they were putting up some digits. And who the, would they the, throw out? They threw out Moro, Ribeiro, and Lettinen. who else was it? Was it? Okay. Yeah. And that was a great second line, too. Yeah, they that was another line that I had uh, – in my in my little world, 
And the, the other one that doesn't get any love that probably should get more, obviously, Madonna and Hall and, and Lettinen was just such a complete trio. But the line underneath them with Neuendijk and Lettinen, or, or Neuendijk and Langenbrunner, and Benny Hogue most of the time? Uh, Dave Reed to start out with, I think. Dave like Reed. In, Dave in, Reed. In the first year, because I think he had 15, 18 goals one yep. year. Yep. And I mean, yep, he the, was, the old he, flat top himself. Yep. Uh, but yeah, ben, and, Benny jumped up there too. Yeah, it, it, it was more a duo. It was more. Yeah, it was more Neuendijk, and and that that's the problem. That's why it's so rare and so wonderful that the stars have stumbled along this trio. Uh, and I, bonus was threatening to break him up yesterday, <laughs> and they were like, "No, we're not going to be broken up." <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Oh, you want to break us up? Watch this. <laughs> Hold my beer. Or hold my protein shake, I guess, That's right. as it would be with today's athletes. Uh, but the we went through a stretch there where it was nothing but duos. Like they really, you know, they to hold a and and every coach got sucked into that vortex too, where you know, well, we we just try to keep these two and these two together and these two together and. Uh, nobody would stick with a, a trio of players on a line for, you know, two for a month, let alone two, three, four, five months or a, or a year. Everybody was just into duos because so maybe Scotty said something about duos hold, holding uh, that as your your belief and not a line. The game has changed. Hitch certainly believed in it. I know that. Yeah, my my uh, uh, over-ending belief forever is that coaches want to coach, and the best way is to change one guy. So then you don't you're not ruining the whoever it may have been Ben Sagan whoever whatever it was, but yeah. they wanted to tweak. And I remember Lindy saying, "Well, what do you want me to do? Just leave it alone?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just <laughs> leave it alone." Because you can't do that. You got to make no. changes, and yeah. the coaches believe you have to make changes. I I really do believe if there weren't as many coaches, they would they would do more of that. Leave it alone. Yeah, because they just wouldn't have time, right? Well, They'd, this industry, and again, I, I this is the pro sport that I know best. But like you, you're a heartbeat away from getting fired all the time, and so as a coach, I I kind of get it that you know if you're not coaching, what are you doing? You know, if you're just sitting there letting them play, well, then heck, I could do that. We'll hire Daryl Ray to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that that's like falling into the trap where you you believe that um, motion is achievement. Yes, <laughs> I agree. You're getting because you're moving around and swinging your arms and bobbing your head. You're getting something done, and that isn't true. There's individuals in this sport and every sport that don't move all over the place. They're not kinetic to get more done than those that are scrambling all over the place. Busy bees trying to look like, oh my God, they're just putting everything they can into it. And they they achieve absolutely nothing with all of their energy. And and I, I don't believe in that completely. I, I do truly believe that because there are so many coaches now, what are they going to talk about? I mean, when they sit around together, they're like, well, you know, what do we do with this? Well, maybe we try this and they get, you know, the paper out. And what about this combination? Only, I mean, if things aren't going well right. and it's hard to go on, on these massive long runs where you, you don't have to think about those things. I, I would suspect. And that's why the, a line like the hints line has stayed together. Because they they've been so consistently good and productive offensively, even with all the other lines for a while that were just like, man, we, we got to find something here. Uh, but they just didn't want to and haven't wanted to and haven't had to really break that up. Uh, although there have been times when I've looked at it and I'm like, I think like it was good to see Jason Robertson have looked like himself again. Right. yesterday and I don't know maybe part of that is the opponent I mean that that Blackhawks team is a mess they can't wait for summer uh, but he had, he had looked tired and for good reason I mean yeah. uh, but it, he just looked like maybe maybe that uh, rookie wall that never came last year because they stopped the season at game 56 might have arrived 
And then that you start thinking, okay, well, maybe you do, maybe you stick Jamie up there with him, um, and give him give give uh, that line something different, um, a little more power. But then you'd probably have Jamie and and Joe Pavelski run into one another trying to get to the front of the net together, and then Rope'd come through and coco bonk all of them <laughs> as he tries to come and get there too. Look, it works the way it is. It's a wonderful line. It's they're incredible. Like there's no stopping them. You know that every team the Stars play game plan on how they're going to curtail the damage from that trio. And there are a lot of nights where they're not just getting a goal or scoring, maybe setting up another on in transition or something when another line's coming on. I mean, you're talking about four, three point, five point nights for individual back to back hat tricks for individuals on that line. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it's funny when we talk to Joe. I know Jamie's a challenge in interviews, but Joe just looks at you like you're the stupidest person in the world. And he's like, well, look, I, I was getting like 10 scoring chances the last game. I figured they'd start to go in at some point. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're pretty much right. You were, you were getting a lot of scoring chances. And, you know, so he's just like, yeah, we're playing. We got to play at home. We got to play on the road. We got to play in the daytime. We got to play at the nighttime. We just show up and we play. And you're just like, okay, thanks. Yeah. 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 Very matter of fact. Yeah. And he is. And I mean, he's been through it enough to know. And he just been as through a group, it enough, I've, put up with stupid questions from exactly. dumb media. And, they're great uh, questions. Well, at least they're questions, which is a big stride in the right direction. Joe, what else what you got? Of, what kind of tree week? would you be, Joe? Oh, my God. I, I, I would hope someone would just throat punch you if you ever asked a question. Like I've that. actually just had three of the greatest right the answers. Trachea. I've ever had are from the tree question. One, Kari Lutnan. What kind of tree did he want to be? Palm tree, because you get to hang out by the beach. Hmm. Two, Ben Bishop. uh, Sequoia, because that's the tallest tree in the forest. And three, Jamie Ben. I don't know, hikes. I don't want to be a tree. See? (laughs) I thought that was... Two goalies. That was a, that was a Jamie Ben answer. And then a Jamie Ben answer. Yeah. 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 Hockey players. They are. They're the best. See, the tree question's a great question. No, it is not, actually. <laughs> it, 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 it makes no sense. It makes all of us dumber for having heard it posed. How's that? It's great insight. Barbara. <laughs> Thanks. Barbara Heike. to you. Uh, hey, the Masters wrapped up. I saw that. Local boy won it. Stars players who you think could challenge par from the tournament tees at Augusta. I and mean, the obvious one's Pavelski. He seems to really enjoy. That's golf. obvious? I think. He talks about golf a lot. He's a good player. And I, It's an easy the- foursome to come up with, actually. Okay. Uh, Holly, yeah, who's played there? Yep, I think they might have all played there. Madonna's played there, I believe. Terrific player. There, there have been times where, and I've heard this from guys that are either on the satellite tours or whatever, where Mike's on the range with them, and you wouldn't know that he's not one of them. That's how he makes me sick. He's an amazing he's athlete, athletic at everything. But the hand his, of God came down and touched his head, his, and he, he, he's just good at everything. That's true, but at the same time, um, he's trying to fill up every room in his house with kids, and that'll cut into your your golf game a little bit too. Uh, Morrow, Brendan Morrow is just addicted to golf. Yes. And was from the get-go and is a terrific player. Uh, now too. So if you, if I think if you toss those four in a foursome at Augusta, you would get, and you played from the tournament tees, right? In the conditions, I, I think you'd get at least one of them, at least one of them at par. Yeah, I at think least. you're right. The competition would bring out the best in them. Yeah, and it would. Somebody could. Could maybe get a few drones and toss a camera out there and turn it into a pay event 
and uh, get some sponsors. But what's that totes guy doing? Yeah. Just suggesting. I'm sure Augusta would be all over that, right? <laughs> they would love They'd it. They'd love to bring the hockey players there to tear their course up. <laughs> music playing. Can you see it? The <laughs> carts, music blasting through the pines. It'd be fun. Holly's playing all the Neil Young. <laughs> it would be fun. I sent Randy Smith a note as soon as Scotty secured it. Uh, I was a member at Royal Oaks for a while. Scotty was just a little gaffer. Scotty on 18 putting was like a team with a four-goal lead that gives up two empty netters. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It's like, I know you're going to win, but oh my God, that is that is a pretty nasty dismount there at the end. <laughs> it, you think about realizing your dream like that. I mean, and what is he, 24, 25? I mean, he looks like he, he looks like he's forty. I know. I know, but but I mean, just like I I can I can understand. You know, you're that close, and it would be. A oh yeah, bit, he lost his focus altogether. Yes, <laughs> he's like, oh my god, I'm gonna win the Masters. I know. Think about. That. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> All right, we'll put this in. I win the Masters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think the focus might have been a little different if he was one up. Yeah, but. This also struck me, and uh, and uh, maybe we'll end on this. Since you have nothing, you have a great big bag of zip today, do you? <laughs> True. Well, I could go in different directions, but I won't. Did you did you fulfill my request? I thought not? you were joking. Oh, okay. I thought you were making fun of my uh, relationship with the no, fans. No, I wasn't, Mike. I wanted Next. to hear from your people, our people, the listeners. And Next see what week they I will. see what they wanted us to chew up this week. Maybe throw one category in, and you you just blew it off as a joke. I thought you made a joke, Razor. That's not true. Uh, look, hockey and golf are the only sports in which the players or player gets handed the trophy. You realize that? Wow, that's a good one. Hockey. And golf. They don't hand the trophy in golf to the owner of that player. No. <laughs> like the man, can you imagine if they just hand it over to the manufacturer of, of their clubs or one of the title sponsors, their coach? Coach, some of the coaches probably deserve it, but. Yeah, that's true. And then hockey's always been a player thing. Bring the captain over and hand the Stanley Cup to him. Major League Baseball, nope. NFL, nope. NBA, nope. Goes to the owner first. That's a good point. Yeah, it is. It's a salient point is what that is. You're a fan of the player. Ah, truly. truly right, can I truly, ask my truly. Columbo question then? Oh, God. Yes, Mike. Uh, we were just discussing with Jack Campbell here the other day. Uh, as we research all this and go back and different factors of my uh, people uh, are upset with the stars for not developing whoever, Jack Campbell or Val Nachushkin or whatever. And you look at Jack and he was here for five years and played one game in the NHL. And you look at Val and he played 56 games and had no goals and 10 assists before he was bought out. And so then the question becomes at what point in development is it on the player or the coach or the organization or, I mean, obviously it's everybody together, but how do you see that? How do you see uh, uh, Giryanov or, or Thomas Harley and, and the development of those players right now? Uh, yeah, it's, it, that's a legit question. I think, again, you have to remember the age of these players and uh, I, it might have been Bones that said it the other day when he was – was he answering your question? It was. Uh, and talked about how kids get rushed a little more nowadays than they maybe did. And uh, they – you know, you got to just live with with whatever. Like Dennis is what? 20, Dennis is 23, isn't he? 24? Yeah. And he's probably got – Six years, five years of pro hockey. I mean, he started yeah. in the NHL at like 19. Yeah. 
Look, he can be maddening. <laughs> yes. Yes, he can. Uh, anytime you have that, you know, he's like a young thoroughbred that hasn't been broken yet or something, you know? Like, he can skate. You can see that all the time. It's incredible. And he's got a shot. He can blast it through the end of the rink. Unfortunately, most times he tries to. Um, and and yet, you're just thinking to yourself, man, if you ever if you ever really got it, if you ever, if it ever really clicked and they've look, they've done video, they've done this, they've done that. They've done the other thing. Uh, there, there are times I think in every organization where they, you, you've seen the athlete so much that after a while, all you see are the warts and you, you stop seeing the good things. And that's why it's always interesting when we see, uh, and talk with guys from other teams that haven't been around for a while uh, because of the pandemic and that, that they're like, oh, I like, like I get asked more questions about Radic Foxa, mm-hmm. you know, and, but if you look at Radic's last two seasons here, you'd be like, really? You're like, he's had some struggles, yeah. um, you know, and some of it has been, has been due to an injury and, and that, and, but they're just like, man, I, I, I really like him. I like him a lot. And you're like, yeah, you should. He's got a lot to like. And then you you start re-examining your own uh, view of him, and you're like, God, yeah, he does have that and that and that. Uh, but if you just watch him game in and game out and day in and day out with some of these guys, uh, even though they're still young, they've been around for a while, and you can, you can probably make mistakes on them um, when, you, when you just say, I don't think it's going to work here, and then – they get moved along and then all of a sudden it works somewhere else. Yeah. But you got, I think that the balance of that is you just need to find those, you need to onboard the the same type of thing where you can grab somebody from somebody else's organization that they, maybe they've given up on and you feel like you can, you can turn them into a player that is what you need or you see more than what they saw in him. Yeah, student uh, H is a good example. At maybe, least in yeah. the short term, you know, he's maybe. only 23. The Devils gave up on him. I do believe that the process of a team, quote unquote, giving up on you can be a very motivating factor for a player, whether that's a Jack Campbell or a Val or student Each or whoever. You know, when you when you get that feeling that people are disappointed in you, it can really be a kick in the pants. Well, when are you going to start showing that then, Mike? When, <laughs> do we have to literally kick you in the pants in order to get I, this? I, I had mine back in, I think it was 2001, where I really, I, I turned it on. And did you I move from playing, paper to paper? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> really started playing well back then. Uh, but, the, other, you know. the, the other thing, though, that probably comes into play, if you look back on a lot of these young players, is there was probably something else going on at the same time. Yeah. Like it wasn't just uh, what was going on at at the rink or what was going on physically. There there were probably some sort of mental challenges or adjustments or whatever was whatever else was going on. And it truly end, ends up being well, we just we ended up getting a more mature player here. We yeah. and like in the case of Jack Campbell, they they put in a ton of time with him in Los Angeles, Dusty Emu who was their, their goalie coach in the American Hockey League, and Bill Ranford with, uh, with the Kings, like, th- there was a lot of just getting Jack to relax a little bit. And y- you can likely do that a little bit easier when you're on a, a new fr- you're in a new environment with a new team, start with a new slate. They look at you as just a guy that got traded for a guy that's playing in Europe now. Instead of you're a guy that was the first goaltender taken and top ten, right? And that 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 probably speaks to the point you were making, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, and, I mean, I think Jack, especially because of that first round pick and everything. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what Scott Glennie's issues were, but I just the second year I'm like he's wearing a number eight around his you know neck, and it's just really heavy. Yeah, because uh, he was yeah. taking eight, eighth overall, and it just. It was a lot for him to take, and yeah. so yeah, when you get when you get moved and you don't have that pressure anymore, you know maybe it does help. Yeah. 
sometimes. And then you see guys all of a sudden that are on their fourth and fifth team, and you're like, man, that's on the individual. <laughs> that yeah. ain't well, or or you see a guy like uh, Robertson who did you know just said you know what I'm going to be a great player, and doesn't matter where I was taken, and you know I'm, I'm just going to come in here and I'm going to I'm going to be great. And you know he had he had criticism. He had you know his skating was criticized as you know he just he just busted through and said I don't care what you think of me I'm going to make it. And so then I think coaches get frustrated because there are players like that or there are players like Rope Hintz or there are players like Miro and Miro's third overall so it's a little bit different. But you know there are guys who you know I know fans will criticize the organization for not developing player X or player Y, but then you look and say, yeah, but they but they developed these guys and they're really good. So I you know every individual's different and and how you handle each individual is you know, is a big deal in, in your development as an organization, but sometimes they're just going to fall through the cracks too. Well, I, I don't believe that developing first and second rounders is as difficult as uh, having, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders that you truly do need to develop, but they develop into everyday, very useful NHL players. Yeah. That seems to be the true earmark of a, a really good organization. And uh this this organization's pretty pretty deep in fifth round draft picks. They yeah. even onboarded a fifth round draft pick in, I know, it worked in out Student pretty good for them. I like that. Uh yeah. just very quickly on Thomas Harley, the I, I looked because you know, look, the kid wants to score a goal in the NHL, right? And he's made some strides in other areas, and that's not the most important thing. But everybody wants to score that first NHL goal. So I looked. Uh, Thomas has now played 31, 30 games? 30 games, I think. And he's still looking for that first one. Klingberg scored his first goal six games in. Miro scored his first goal nine games in. The Stars' leading goal scorer from defense this season took 31 games to score his first goal. Ryan Suter. Interesting. And he was a top 10 pick. Yeah, so, he, I was going to say, he came in with a... So just, yeah, yeah. The the moral of the story is tap the brakes, but also kick him in the ass, right? I like that. Yeah. You know, the other interesting thing about Thomas is the age. Uh, we, we, Bones and I talked about that the other day. Is He's 20 years old and trying to play defense in the NHL. It's, it's a hard thing to do. It truly is. We've gone for like an hour here, I think. This was supposed the, to be a short one, Mike. I think the fans really are enjoying it. About well, me. you went down a path near the end, like you always do, the panic path, I call it. <laughs> you, you, you can hear it in my voice that I'm trying to dismount, <laughs> and then the panic path comes in. And It's a Columbo here, moment. It, uh, yeah. man, just one more Nobody question. gets the Columbo <laughs> reference. Nobody does. I know Jordan doesn't, who throws this together for us. Nobody knows Everybody that. Everybody loves Columbo. <laughs> Look, this is a big week at home. Followed by the first trip to the motherland for me since the Pandy arrived. Uh, and 10 games. 10 games, man. And uh, I guess we'll we'll say goodbye with this. Uh, the same thing that Foster Hewitt used to say when he signed on, Mike. If you want to go way back to your Columbo world, I say hello, Canada. And hockey fans in the United States. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. Columbo.